Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. NFL Trend Zone in the house. I am your host, Dustin Baker, here for the final episode of June. I've got Wes Johnson from San Francisco, Cody Spears from Texas, Jason Bowen and myself are in South Dakota, and we are chatting about underrated NFL players this evening, about nine dudes, maybe ten dudes that are nobody talks about, or at least doesn't to the level that they should. Um, These guys should receive more kudos. So, yes, underrated players are on the docket. Got about four weeks before training camps open up, and that's when business will really start to heat up. Foremost, though, Bet Online, that's our sponsor, and they are the number one source for all of your betting needs. Get the latest odds, lines, and matchup reports for baseball, boxing, golf, and more. Bet Online continues to be the fastest and easiest way to place your wagers, including live betting and your favorite casino and card games available to play right from your phone. Head to the website or use your mobile phone device to sign up today and get in on the action. Remember to use this promo code, B-L-E-A-V, believe, B-L-E-A-V, for 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit, otherwise known as free money. Bet online where the game starts. Friend Zone's back. We have four weeks till NFL training camps. Um, We've been over some of the teams we consider underrated, but now we're going to go through specific players. I've asked the group to come up with three apiece. Um, and then my list, I have five or six in case we, we cross over. That way we don't sound redundant. Um, but we will start. Cody, how are you, sir? Doing pretty great. Underrated uh, players, something I like to talk about. And, of course, all of mine are fantasy football players as well. That's what I figured. I was actually driving to pick up my son from summer camp. I was like, I wonder if all these guys are going to twist everything into a fantasy. And early indications are yes. So why don't you start us off? Who's your Sweet. first one? Uh, so I wanted to make sure... Um, like I said before the show, I, I got two guys off of here, and I'm going to pull my third one off of another piece I'm working on. My preface for this was no first-round picks and no Pro Bowls. The third guy on this list for me later on in the show does have a Pro Bowl. Okay. But let's start off with Damian Pierce, uh, running back out of Houston, RB21 on underdog. So that means that when people are doing these drafts with up-to-date information, they're choosing 20 running backs before this guy. Um, some names around him. Uh, he's right ahead of Cam Akers at RB22, Miles Sanders at RB20, and 13 games last year. He had 220 attempts, 939 yards, four TDs. Uh, receiving, there wasn't really much there. He was 17th in rushing yards last year, despite missing those games, which can explain his RB21 rank. But his uh, why I'm starting to think this guy's super undervalued is his rush yard average is 72 yards per game, which was eighth in the league. This was on a team with uh, on a worse team with suboptimal conditioning since he never had more than 106 touches in college. If you were to extrapolate his sample size to 16 games, he would be at 1155 rushing yards, which was good for seventh in the league. And he would have led all rookies in yards on the ground. So to me, RB21 is a massive undervalue. 
you provide some context to this season for reasons to improve. They got their O-line, which has massive investments, three former first rounders, a 2023 second rounder in center Juice Scruggs, and also incoming right guard Shaq Mason. They got CJ Stroud in the draft, so better QB play should take the top off the box. And then it's not out of the question you can see better defense from this team. They got Will Anderson Jr. with the third overall pick and defensive head coach D'Amico Ryans. That should set up favorable situations for Damian Pierce. So in conclusion, you got to go out there and get this guy on your team. He is being massively undervalued. Will Devin Singletary or Mike Boone eat into his carries more than usual? I think if anything, Devin Singletary could tap into the receiving aspect of the game, but okay. I think that they've shown that they want to give it all to Damian Pierce. They ran him into the ground last year. I don't think Devin Singletary sniffs the rushing stuff. And then um, Mike Boone, I mean, he's a special teamer at this point. Okay. Me. Yeah. I will I will counter you <laughs> that I believe Singletary will uh, eat into the rushing rather than the receiving. The reason being... Uh, in Buffalo, they wanted for years for him to develop into that receiving threat, and he never did, and that's why they drafted James Cook. So the receiving profile is not there for Singletary. Well, that's good because then the, if the receiving profile is not there for Singletary, then it will be there for Damian Pierce. Yeah, you- Devin, Devin Singletary, the only thing good about that guy is his name. <laughs> this guy drove me ballistic in fantasy for the last two and a half years. Man, man, what a nightmare that dude was. Cody, where did you get the ball to slander an ex-Viking, an ex-Bronco, and Mike Boone? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, we look different here. special teams. I mean, Mike Boone's a starter. Yeah, preseason <laughs> god. Um, yeah. All right, Wes, I recommend that you, on your list, drop the one that you most want to talk about because um, I won't double up on any of the ones that you mentioned. Mm-hmm. So if you mention one guy and he's on my list, okay. I won't talk about him. So go with who you are most excited to talk about as well, underrated or undervalued. While everybody's zigging, I'm choosing to zag. Um, mine is kind of fantasy relevant, but it is on the uh, individual defensive player side. Uh, I figure a lot of people would be going on offense with this task, so I went defense. Uh, first one up is uh, defensive back safety Jalen Petrie out of uh, for the Houston Texans. This is a second round draft pick uh, coming out of Baylor. Uh, in last year's draft, started immediately and had a combined 147 tackles on the season, uh, which led the NFL at the position. He also led the NFL and missed tackles at 36. Um, He started the season as the strong safety, and then with a lot of those missed tackles, um, they switched him over to free safety, and he seemed to to thrive. he also compiled five interceptions, one fumble recovery. Um, it had him on the short list for defensive rookie of the year. Um, the Texans in the offseason, they brought in Demeco Ryans, and this defensive unit should look revamped, look refresh, and should help accentuate and continue to propel his growth as a player. So, uh, Petrie is one that I have, you know, look, look out for. He's he's going to be a force to come in the you know the next few years here. This is like uh, a Texans podcast so far. So <laughs> congrats to their team building because it's working out. Uh, Jason, do you have a Texan 
I don't. I don't have a Texan. No. And, and this guy here, I don't know how much of an underdog he really is. And I know that he gets a lot of, you know, flack on this show. Dustin, I know you're not a fan of him, mm-hmm. but and he may not even be an underdog, but Jared Goff. No, he's on my list. Oh, man. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I you'll obviously have uh, more of the uh, the educational uh, info for for our listeners. But I mean, this dude. I mean, I'm just looking at his stats going all the way. He had one bad year his first year in the league. Um, He. I mean, has he really been underrated? I mean, I've always looked at him like, man, that's a capable quarterback. He's always put up good numbers year in and year out and and proved that he can do it without Sean McVay, which I think is is even more impressive, really. I mean, but then there's some games that he just looks like a turd. I, yep. I mean, I get that, but uh, <laughs> wow. I mean, he he is, and I don't know where the Lions are on this guy. They seem to be perfectly fine with him. Yeah. And God, they're probably going to extend him. I mean, I know, <laughs> I think I would. It's modern day Eli Manning and the Giants all over again. Yeah. Except yeah. no Super Bowls. Yeah. So, uh, no Super Bowls. We're just going to keep extending him because we're too scared to open the other door. Well, or yeah, well, Kirk. Yeah, I mean, I would, but he, but he, like Eli, but fewer interceptions. I mean, he does have a fumbling problem. That's kind of been his forte over the years. But I mean, overall, I mean, his interceptions he usually keeps at a minimum. Um, touchdowns, you could probably rest assured you're going to get at least twenty five out of the guy. Um, almost forty five hundred yards last year. Um, so. Um, I don't like. I, I don't know how much of an underdog he is. I look at him, and I mean, he's always available in fantasy. You could pick <laughs> this guy up whenever you want, um, and he could he could get you 30, 35 point, 40 on some days. Mm-hmm. I so. think the only reason that he isn't universally loved is because he was the first overall pick of the 2016 NFL draft. And so you've got to live up to almost like a Peyton Manning standard there. And he clearly hasn't done that, but yeah, to your point last year, he had 4,438 passing yards, 29 touchdowns and seven interceptions. And on him being the lions quarterback, I don't, I mean, if they underwhelm this year and go seven and 10, then yeah, they'll probably say, let's use our little draft pick on the next guy in a, in a really good quarterback draft. But yeah, they've, they've, Proven in the last two years that a quarterback other than Hendon Hooker, you know, isn't a huge <laughs> isn't a huge priority. So, yeah, Goff was actually on my list because uh, you can't look at forty five hundred yards and twenty nine touchdowns and just go, well, that guy isn't very good. It's damn good. And <laughs> yeah. And their defense was horrible last year, even when they got good in the last six, seven, eight weeks of the season, their defense still wasn't very good. Uh, I pulled the EPA per play and in December and January, it was still like 23rd in the NFL in those weeks segregated. So yeah, he was doing uh, a lot of the, the, the good stuff for the lions and yeah. uh, my, my, oh, I, not to mention when well, you mentioned the number one pick, the number one pick kind of stigma that he has. Yeah. But but Alex Smith never got the hate that Goff does either, though, right? Alex Smith was number wasn't what? Yeah, was Alex Smith the number one pick? Yeah, two thousand five instead of Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, but he's never posted a season like Goff. I mean, he kind of, but I mean, he kind of picked up there at the end under Reed. But Uh, Goff or Russell Wilson, they're going almost the same spot in drafts today. Well, Russell Wilson shouldn't even be drafted. (laughs) 
ever again. I think <laughs> I would proves go otherwise. <laughs> yes, he has to. My first underrated player uh, is old, and he did make a Pro Bowl. Alas, last year is Demario Davis. Uh, the guy is a beast, and he's probably finishing up his career. But every year, he has way north of a hundred tackles. Uh, his problem is he's not a self promoter, and he just kind of goes from. Let's see, he started with the my goodness, was the Saints for most of his career. Trying to think. Uh, then he had stops the Browns. No, he started with the Jets. The Jets. Yeah, he started with the Jets. Had a stop at the Browns and then has spent the last five years or so at the Saints. And last year, finally got recognition. He was a second-team All-Pro. Got his first Pro Bowl out of the way. 82.7 PFF grade. And the guy is always consistent. And he never misses football games i i challenge you guys and gals to look at his resume on Stathead or whatever stat site you use uh and you look at the years the games played it's just this barrage of 16s and then once you get to 17 game season 17s the guy is durable as hell and he doesn't miss tackles and finally he got a little recognition last year and I I could have said this guy for the last six years if we did this this type of show <laughs> he's the, he's that undervalued uh Unfortunately, getting old, uh, so he'll he certainly won't make the Hall of Fame or anything like that. But he's always been on my radar as somebody who is really steady. Cody, we're to you for number two. Sweet. So uh, number two, uh, I've been kind of tooting their horn lately. The the strength of schedule kind of scares me. It's worse than the league. It comes to the New England Patriots with Hunter Henry. He is tight end thirty three on underdog uh, for these daily drafts which is notable because it's behind tight end 23, Mike Jacecki, tight end 22, Dawson Knox, who's maybe not even the first tight end on his team. Tight end 26, rookie Luke Musgrave, Isaiah Likely. I mean, he's he's right ahead of Logan Thomas, Zach Ertz. I think that he should outperform all of those guys. Um, and all of them have really taken significant hits to their roles, while Henry did not. A lot of people were kind of turned off by Jacecki, but we're also forgetting that uh, – Let's see that Hunter Henry's contract is eighth out of 183 amongst all tight ends. So he, this guy is going to be utilized. He's Mr. Consistent as well. For those worried about Jacecki, he's 26 out of 183 on tight end contracts. And Hunter Henry's been, like I mentioned, Mr. Consistent. A, below, a, a down year last year with 500 yards, which is just fine for a tight end. Normally he posts about a 600 they will be returning to the two tight end sets under Bill O'Brien. Um, and he had three top 12 finishes in his last six games of the season, showing that he still has it. He already has three tight end one seasons and fantasy points per game. And I definitely could see Hunter Henry adding another one um, in an offense that doesn't have an alpha. You know, they signed Juju today. They signed Devontae Parker. So I don't think that DeAndre Hopkins is going to be going over there. Um, I do think that Jasicki is going to be playing kind of like a big wideout role. So I do think Hunter Henry, whenever it comes down to one tight end on the field, it will be him. Uh, I expect uh, Mac Jones to take a massive or not a massive, but a, a step back forward uh, to where we create optimism, like after his rookie year. And that should definitely post him north of 600 yards, which would be top 12 in tight ends last year. I like that one. I like that one a lot. Wes, what's your next? Uh, next one, I have New England. No, I'm just kidding. I'm not going to follow <laughs> Cody there. Um, I will go with uh, linebacker Brian Asamoah for the Minnesota Vikings. 
Uh, he was a third round pick in last year's draft out of Oklahoma. He played primarily special teams and some spot linebacker duty uh, during his rookie campaign. Uh, the Vikings jettison longtime middle linebacker Eric Kendricks in the offseason, opening an immediate 115 tackles per season uh, on average. Uh, it's a pretty big hole in that defense. Uh, Asamoah, he steps right in. He is one of uh, Quasi Adolfo Mensa's inaugural picks, uh, and he's going to fill that hole. Uh, in games Asamoah played last year, he flew around to find the football, uh, off, often delivering uh, bone-crushing hits to dislodge the ball. Uh, he's definitely a player to watch and it should only be a matter of time before his body catches up with his mind or vice versa. Uh, he's starting to put it together essentially. And we, we should see, um, the game kind of slow down for him, uh, to accommodate the, the speed and reaction that he has. Are Man. there any concerns about this scheme change? Uh, is uh, I'm, I haven't been like as tuned into the Vikings. I know that they're going to be more of an aggressive scheme, I believe, from their inside linebacker position. Do either of y'all have any dirt on that? Or is it going to be like a big transition or not any really worries there? I, I think it'll be more attacking, more downhill, which I think benefits him. Um, he seems to be the type of player that, once he gets going, he he can be a freight train and a force to reckon with. So I I see him being able to step right in, and uh, from everything I've read about Brian uh, Flores, he uh, tends to play to the player's strengths rather than the weaknesses. So I I think that coupled together will um, result in a perfect harmony. From the way that Asamoah plays, there couldn't have been a better defensive coordinator hire for him than Brian Flores um, because he's he's fast, uh, he's aggressive by trade, and that's what the Vikings lacked in general, and that's why they hired Flores. Um, so, yeah, I think I think it is a, a wonderful fit. And then you look at this. Outside of Troy Reader, who I don't think anybody would really classify as a bona fide starter, the Vikings signed no veteran free agent linebackers. The Vikings drafted zero linebackers, and they reasonably could have targeted Trenton Simpson or, let's see, Drew Sanders, who now plays for Jason's team. And they didn't. They said, nope, we'll go with Ivan Pace. We'll make the undrafted phone call, and we're rolling with Asamoah and Jordan Hicks. So to Wes's point, if Asamoah doesn't start, then there's a big damn problem because you're going to go to Troy Dye, or who's built like a punter, or Troy Reed. And neither one of those dudes I don't really think should start. So yeah, Asamoah. If- Nomni Asamoah. <laughs> Remember that guy? I do. Yeah, I do. Famous that guy was uh, like movie yeah. actor now. <laughs> that guy was like the best uh, defensive back for like, what, two years? Yeah. It's weird how sometimes those CBs have like the shelf life of being king for like a year, Xavier Rhodes was like a king for like a ten, five, six game stretch. Yeah. Um, what was that one guy that used to always cover Odell uh, from Carolina? Who? Oh, do, uh, Josh Norman. Norman? Josh Norman. Josh Norman. Oh, yeah. He yeah. Was, then he became he was a, a meme. Yeah, he, exactly. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. He had the, the, a lot of times, if your name isn't uh, Darrell Rivas, then your peak as the best cornerback in the game is usually pretty short. It's weird. Uh, who's your next guy, Jason, before we get to the yeah, final so round? So my next guy is a wide receiver from your guys' team, and mm-hmm. I'm going to go with K.J. Osborne. 
okay. on here. Looking at his stats from last year, um, pretty, pretty uh, reasonable year, in my opinion. 60 receptions, 660 yards, uh, five TDs, um, which would have been a great year had he been in Denver. But uh, I think with with the chemistry that Cousins already has with Jefferson, we've already known that that's established. And what he has built in a reasonably short period of time with Hawkinson. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. I think it's time that you get another receiver closer to that thousand yard mark. Um, they're all going into what they've all been playing together now since what? for three, this will be their fourth year. Yep. Yeah. 2020. Mm -hmm. So, um, growing together like this, I think that, that a thousand yards is definitely within his reach. Um, maybe add a couple more touchdowns to that total. Um, and, uh, I think that I, I don't know if he's an underdog or not, but, um, I don't ever hear anybody talking about him other than Vikings fans. Um, you know, cause it's Jefferson, 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 and the occasional Hawkinson now. Um, so I think it's a good opportunity for the young man. He's only 26 years old. So, um, definitely has the capabilities to, to, uh, to achieve good things this year. I think. Yeah. He certainly would fit the undervalued because, uh, he has the Jefferson shadow, which everybody would have. And then the, <laughs> When they finally said goodbye to Thielen, it looked like he was going to be the WR2, and then boom, they drafted Jordan Addison. So it's like he got just put in the back seat, uh, and he was in the front seat for like a month, and then draft yeah. happened. So yeah, I certainly think he's undervalued. But the good news for him is that he'll hit free agency here in about eight months, um, and I don't think he stays with the Vikings, because if he stays with the Vikings, that will have meant that Addison utterly sucks, because you can't pay Osborne his... 10 to 15 million per year and then just put Oz, uh, Addison at WR3. So I agree that agree with you that uh, he's certainly underrated. If I asked you gentlemen, this panel, who the best offensive lineman in football, I don't think any of you would even sniff Chris Lindstrom for the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, he's my number two on this list. Mm -hmm. Now he has the draft stock where he should be good. He was picked 14th overall in the 2019 NFL draft. And I remember it well because Vikings fans debated Garrett Bradbury or Chris Lindstrom. Well, they probably should have just picked Lindstrom. <laughs> Last year, he had a 95.0 grade from PFF, which is almost like a perfect football player. And um, that's really the only stat that there, there that there is for offensive linemen until you get deep into the analytics. And I think that quietly, Chris Lindstrom has hit that Quentin Nelson level that we kind of use as the benchmark. And he played for a team that was seven and 10 last year. And, you know, guards don't get, get much press as it is. But Lindstrom is a guard who was drafted with first round draft stock. And then, what, four years into it, he had an almost perfect PFF grade. And to me, that makes him underrated. Final round, Cody, who do you got? So I got Chris Godwin, who just one second, let me pull him up. So Chris Godwin is currently going as the wide receiver 29 in daily drafts right around Brandon Ayuk, which I'm also a fan of. But I mean, 
wide receiver 29. He's going behind DeAndre Hopkins, who's not even on a team. <laughs> Mike Williams, who's going to be maybe a second or third tier target earner on his own offense. Christian Kirk, you could say the same for this guy. I think Chris Godwin's going to take this number one. I think that this season is a season that Chris Godwin becomes alpha in his offense. Mike Evans has always been a factor there. And for me, he's always been kind of at the forefront of their wide receiver group. And this is the year that he's going to take a step back. Um, Let's see. Last year, Godwin had an anomaly of a year with his receiving yards per reception at nine. So he did a bunch of things around the line of scrimmage. And then this year, they have a new offensive coordinator in Dave Canales. Canales was a quarterback coach for the Seattle Seahawks. And so you could expect to see uh, Chris Godwin in more of a Tyler Lockett role pushing downfield. And they've said this in their interviews with him since. And so um, you're looking at him playing in the Tyler Lockett Cooper Cup role. This is a significant target earner. And it's going to be at all areas of the field, not just around the line of scrimmage, where last year he had... 1,000 yards with an ADOT of nine. It's that's that to me, that's insane. So, uh, we look at Chris Godwin, he's going to be two years removed from the injury. Um, his targets are likely to come down a little bit between catching passes from QBs not named Tom Brady, but also not being the first read bell out option despite their poor run game over there. I think that Tampa Bay is going to have a miserable year and they're going to be looking to get the ball into the playmakers' hands as much as possible. Chris Godwin, his, um, betting line for yards is 925 and uh for this season and to me that's that's criminally low if you if you a gambling person go put money on chris godwin 925 yards over i mean he's a pretty good player isn't he not the, i should just pull it up isn't he entering the prime of his career or right in the middle of it like 27 28 Yep. And uh, last year, you also had him coming back from injury a little bit late. So, I mean, if you remove week one and then he's also missing weeks two and three, that's a thousand yards on a um, 13 game season. I mean, he would rank if you were to to extrapolate those averages out to the uh, length of a whole season, he would rank fourth in targets behind only Justin Jefferson, Devontae Adams, and Tyree Kill. This is ahead of guys like C.D. Lamb, Stephon Diggs, Travis Kelsey. So, uh, I mean, he gets no hype. Like I mentioned whenever I began this um, segment about Chris Godwin, he's wide receiver 29. That's wild. Yeah, and he has top five um, advanced metrics across the board, severely undervalued this year. Yeah, we're, I think we're in wait-and-see mode to see if a competent quarterback comes out of that so-called training camp battle. I'm going to miss the days, what was it, three seasons of being able to draft Evans or Goodwin and just know mm-hmm. that you're safe no matter Bank what. Yep. Yeah, Evans has hit 1,000 uh, 10 years in a row, I think. Oh, yeah. He's, yeah, like if you wanted to do underrated careers, Evans is another one who's not a self-promoter, mm-hmm. but my God, that guy's resume is bulletproof. It's just so steady. All right, Wes, who's your final of the evening? Final of the evening, I have uh, Jalen Phillips, uh, Edge, out of uh, for the Miami Dolphins. He's a two, uh, 2021 first-round pick out of UCLA. Uh, Phillips appeared in all 17 games his rookie season, starting four of them. Uh, that resulted in eight-and-a-half sacks with 42 total tackles. 
Uh, he followed that up with seven sacks and 61 tackles in his sophomore season uh, while seeing up an uptick in playing time. Uh, this season, he's ready to be unleashed in Vic Fangio's defense opposite Bradley Chubb. Um, although he had a dip in sacks his sophomore season, he did see an increase in QB hits, uh, 16 his rookie season to 25 his sophomore. Uh, this will be the year that he puts it all together. Uh, I'm predicting double-digit sacks for him. Uh, he draw, often draws comparisons to Jason Taylor with his body type and skill set. Um, that, that's not saying that he's destined to be enshrined in the Hall of Fame, uh, just that the tools are there to to make an immediate impact. So Jalen Phillips is uh, who I tap for my third and final. I think, if I'm not mistaken, you liked him coming out of the draft too. Yeah, I think, I think was that the was that the Boogie Basham draft that you also liked, or was that that one the year before it? I think it was the Boogie Basham draft. Okay, well. yeah, I remember you high on a couple edge rushers that were like fringe first rounders that we weren't sure. Mm-hmm. And all right, Jason, who's your final one of the evening? Well, Wes, yeah, <laughs> unleashed in Vic Fangio's defense. I'm going to have you pump the brakes there, dude. <laughs> That defense coached the Vikings last year, even though it was at Donatel. No, 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 no. That was, that was the dollar store version. It was. It was. Same concept. So Vic Fangio's defense didn't net a single double-digit sack, or sack uh, guy in Denver in his three years there. Nonetheless. Jason, you're onto something. I, I'm, I've, there's like a Vic Fangio, like, Hidden behind the scenes, his his defense is horrible. I watched. I think it is a while back that convinced me that all these millionaires are insane and they're (laughs) idiots. Well, that is the case. I mean, because watching your guys's defense reminded me so much of his. I mean, it is his anyway. (laughs) But I do like Jalen Phillips as well. I gotta be. Yeah. Well. Yeah. I mean, I do like the guy, but if it depends on how uh, how uh, you know. app to listen he is because if he goes rogue there's a good chance he gets to double digits but if he has to adhere to fangio never blitzes none zero he'll (laughs) rush four sounds so familiar (laughs) oh man it is familiar it's awful it's oh it's maddening but um no so i'm gonna you know i'm gonna be a homer i'm gonna be a homer here on my final one and i'm just going to simply say any skill position player for the denver broncos (laughs) tim patrick are definitely underdogs. I, you know, I, there's not a single person in the national media that looks at Denver and has any one of those guys doing anything remotely good. That's how bad this team is. Um, but we are going to finally get a taste of, because these guys are young. They have grown together. They've gone through multiple different coaching regimes, all first-time coaches, and they've done this all without ownership at the top. They now have that, and they now have a proven leader as a coach that is competent. And I talk about this on the show uh, often. How many players are actually busts and how many coaches are actually the problem? We will find this out soon. And if Sean Payton can turn this group of hungry young players into winners. I mean, we might be surprised at how many guys on that team can actually surprise some people. Um, you know, I have a lot of faith in them, but I'm just a I'm I'm a biased uh, fan. But I I, I got to believe whether it's Javante Williams, Jerry Judy, Cortland Sutton, um, 
You know, you Tim got Patrick. Tim Patrick, of course. <laughs> That's um, my sleeper pick for the Broncos. The tight end. Uh, yeah, the, you know, Dulcich. Yeah, uh, yeah. Dulcich you know, was my honorable mention for the show. You know, you got to be able to think that with a good coach that knows what the heck he's doing, that is actually there to fix what he ha- he has also witnessed over the last seven years. Um, you know, um, and, and obviously that does include Russ as well. But, um, you know, we'll, we'll see. Um, I think, but at this point in time, that entire team is definitely underdogs. <laughs> no question. Uh, my final one, and then I think I'm going to really quickly mention my honorable mentions in a sentence or two. My final one is Alex Highsmith for the Pittsburgh Steelers. And here's my story on him. He had 14 and a half sacks last year. He led the NFL in forced fumbles and had a 78 PFF grade and did not make the Pro Bowl. Um, he was a third rounder from the 2020 NFL draft, I think. So this will be his fourth year in the league. And I don't know what's separating this dude from being a household name. I don't know if it's because one of the Watt brothers is on the other side of him and he's just overshadowed. Uh, but those stats are undeniable. Almost 15 sacks and five forced fumbles, which led the league. That should be a Pro Bowl, even when all the alternates or the guys go to the Super Bowl and you name alternates. I don't know why Alex Highsmith wasn't on the list. So uh, he might not be underrated for very long, especially if he uh, follows up this season with another uh, large one. Uh, and then my other two are just kind of shout outs. So let's see if I can get this name right. Uh, Telenoa Hufanga, Hufanga. In, his, in his second year, he was a fifth round draft pick in the 2021 NFL draft. And what do you what are you doing, Wes? You're aud- you're muted and you're whispering from USC. Oh, okay. From of course that would be the what you're interrupt. <laughs> yeah. All right. So a fifth rounder from USC uh, last year in his second year was an All Pro first team and a Pro Bowler. So he's not underrated, uh, but he's already arrived, and he to me has to get a mention as a fifth round pick. If you play IDP fantasy, you probably knew who he was after about week five or so because you were like, oh god, oh boy. He's not a not, not an anomaly. And then my final one, I want to say on this show, we laughed at Christian Kirk when he got his 17 or 18 million per during the free agency period of 2022. And then he backed it up. Uh, he, I think he, he ended up having about 1200 yards receiving and was at around eight touchdowns. And that is that he played up to his contract. So I think a lot of us, including me, laughed at the Jaguars for spending that much guy on who who never really broke out with the Cardinals. Uh, but I have to give a tip of the cap to Christian Kirk because he went out there and he did exactly what the Jaguars signed him to do. Wes. I'll also tap uh, honorable mention Frankie Luvu uh, linebacker for the Carolina Panthers. Uh, he really came into his own last season. I don't have the tackles in front of me. Oh, there we go. It looks like 111 tackles uh, last season. So uh, he's a name to watch as well. What was your, in a minute or less, Cody, your honorable mention list? Uh, I got David Montgomery on there. Um, I think that all the hype is for Jameer Gibbs, and Mm -hmm. he is walking into a massive role where nobody's going to impede on his carries. And if something happens to Gibbs, he's going to take that role too. So, and then uh, another one, I've been pounding the table for this guy, Justin Herbert. I mean, uh, you you talk about all these other QBs. We already got people talking about Trevor Lawrence ahead of Justin Herbert. Uh, It's just because he's an LA charger. He's going to have a hard time um, truly getting up there and he, he belongs up there for sure. I don't think anybody thinks he's an underdog, Cody. (laughs) 
But uh, I mean, <laughs> he's top five in a lot of experts' opinions. Yes, I don't on, think he's deserving on, of it yet. But all right, so um, people currently over Justin Herbert are taking Pat Mahomes, Jalen Hurts, Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, Joe Burrow. There's five. Justin Fields, what? and then Justin Herbert and Trevor Lawrence. Justin Fields is explainable because of the fantasy for rushing and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But Justin Herbert and Trevor Lawrence are going right neck and neck. And I think Justin Herbert's Trevor Lawrence has shown a glimpse of what Justin Herbert's yeah, been showing Justin this Herbert's whole time. Stuck, but but um, and then also want to toot my own horn and say I was ridiculed for saying I liked that the Jaguars signed <laughs> Christian Kirk last year. All three of y'all burned me. I said I thought it was a good move. You did. Yep. Um, but uh, and Make then my moves. last one, once again, someone else I keep bringing up repeatedly because it's an, he's it's probably actually going to bomb. But uh, Brandon Ayuk, I mean, this guy, he's he's getting no love. He started his season with 750 yards with only 11 games started. Then you got 826 yards and then you got a thousand yards. I don't think Debo Samuel's coming back to take that wide receiver one crown. Uh, Brandon Ayuk, he's seeking it's a contract year, which is another another big one. And he got five plus targets in 11 out of 17 total games with seven games having at least eight targets, regardless of the quarterback playing. So uh, I think that if they get any semblance of steadiness out of the quarterback position, Brandon Ayuk. You need to get an Ayuk jersey. I think you talk about him each week. You like you love him like you do a quarterback. <laughs> yeah, I you do. do like I him. need to get him and because yeah. he, because you like him so much. I do too. Now I just do. I, I, I drafted can't wait him to I see where he goes next third year. Fantasy last year because he's got to get a VPN to. To show that he's in the New Jersey, New York market, so he can yes. go on on the Mojo stock app uh, <laughs> right. and and buy all the shares of IU. Yep, he's gonna go off. He is. All right, gentlemen, we'll be back on the night after Fourth of July, and we might, we may or may not have our best ball draft. We're gonna see if we can get that figured out behind the scenes. But until then, um, you, you guys have a wonderful week. All right. All right. Good night, guys. All right, take it easy. Good night. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.